You're listening to the Traffic and Funnel Show. Let's do some training, okay? We got uh, 20 minutes, and me and Anthony talked this morning about the differences between doing the right thing and being the right person. There is a problem. Every skill set will bring an additional problem into your life. People want people want surplus. They want blessing. They want increase. They want to advance. And then they get confused that when you take new ground, there are there's there's people that are trying to kill you. It shouldn't be confusing. Every increase you experience in your life is going to bring with it. It's going to accrue problems. Have you felt that in your life before? Yeah. How many of you have kids? Raise your hand. All right. Best thing that could ever happen to you, true or false? True. One of the hardest things that could ever happen to you, true or false? True. The answer is both. You take new ground, you experience difficult problems. You experience increase, you also experience failure and mistakes. So one of the byproducts of becoming skilled in sales and influence is you can very easily get connected with doing the right things, but you stop becoming the right person. Nick knows what to say to get Josh off of his trail. He's good enough to do that. Anthony knows how to show up and be like, I'm a 10. I'm a 10. I can do this. I'm amazing. And really, he's a 2. We have to become a team that's just as obsessed with being the right person on a Sunday morning when no one's around as we are on a Tuesday morning when we're behind on our numbers. What I see when when you see a yo-yo, is not know what a yo-yo is? It's like Joey's first 30 days. It's like amazing, then the worst closer in the world. Then amazing. Peyton had this for his first 24 months, so it's okay, bro. (laughs) When you see somebody who's who's experiencing the yo-yo, what it means is that they're trying to do the right things without being the right person. And they'll nail it for a week, but then the type of person that they are is not capable of sustaining that level of commitment. You got a guy like Anthony Armini who, for his whole life, when did your dad leave? Four years old. Four years old. Four years old. From four years old to today has had to learn how to be resilient, has had to learn how to lead his family in the midst of chaos. It really had to learn how to, how to deal with problems from an early age. You get him to a level now, and it's, it's easy for Anthony to begin to stay in that place that he was when he was five years old, when he just has to push, push, push. He doesn't have any vision. I talked to him this morning. I'll tell you right now, he doesn't have vision. His, his vision is like, I don't want to go broke, basically. How many of you have that vision that is just like, I don't want to go back to where I came from? That you, you, you are experiencing what it's like to, you're not, you're not actually outgrowing an old energy source, an old level of motivation. If, if your only motivation in life is, I don't want to go broke again. You know, I don't want to go back to Oklahoma. I don't want to go back into debt. I don't want to lose this income. Then what happens to you is when you wake up in the morning, your main fuel source is actually attached to the past, not attached to the future. If I only depended on my desire to not go backwards, I would not be able to grow. Or as quickly. Or as quickly or as sustainably. So real quick, some examples of, of doing the right thing but not being the right person. Anybody have any? 
I was going to ask you for some. You're reading off of the script, but your energy is a two. There you go. That's an example. Reading your morning formula, but you're skimming through it. I get what you need from it. Yep. Saying you're doing things to serve people and you're just trying to get close. Bingo. Big one. Journaling and not being honest with yourself. Yep. Any Anything you do that's, that's more committed to the outcome rather than the process, you're probably doing the right thing, but you're not the right person. Even down to the level of like, you know, if the only reason that you are working as hard as you're working is for money, then you probably got a little bit of that in you as well. Because you're going to hit a point in your income where it's going to be difficult. And Peyton, we had this conversation a few months ago where it's like, it's difficult to continue being so motivated by money when you have so much of it. There's not, there's not a lot of cap space for you to grow. What you got to do is you've got to really start becoming obsessed with the type of person you are. You got to become obsessed with the types of things that you think about in the morning. You have to be diligent that your routines don't just become about being a good closer, but you can set up routines that develop a good identity, a good person. You know, your identity is not just about how much money you have or how many people you close, although that's part of the process. Your identity is about how many people you're serving. There's a lot of ways for you guys to get rich. There's not a lot of ways to get rich and do it in a way that doesn't compromise your integrity. So you have an opportunity here to get rich and to help a lot of people at the same time. Make sense? Yeah, yeah, sense. This, is, this is a challenge for me all the time, just so you guys know. Like all the time, I'm constantly examining what is my motivation here. I'm constantly examining why, why do I not want to go to the gym? Why do I not want to wake up early? Is this, a, is this a cycle issue, as it is for Anthony, where it's just like you get to the end of a cycle and you're not motivated anymore? Or is this because I don't see that this is creating an outcome for me that I want, and therefore, I'm not interested in the process because I can't see the outcome. And then you know that you have put your, you've kind of put your your focus on the wrong thing. Make sense? Yeah, makes yeah, perfect yeah. sense. So if your motivation is strictly just for the outcome, you're doing the wrong thing. You're doing it wrong. You could be, but guaranteed, you're not going to get the most <clears throat> bang for the buck in the process. Yeah. Hey, Taylor. Uh, how do you establish those process goals? Like, I feel like um, for, for putting a process goal, I'll put something like a 6 a.m. like as a, as a process goal, but uh, it won't necessarily like drive me or, or attract me. How, how do you go about that? What does 6 a.m. do for you? Uh, it allows me to like establish my morning formula and um, really work towards being a 10 as far as biology and, and energy. And you're not driven by that? Oh, okay. Good point. <laughs> that was easy. So 2015, I'm talking to my wife. We already have the business at this point, and we start talking about having children. Uh, just stay with me for a minute. I'm, n- I'm not going to teach you how to have children in this ad. I just want to explain how we came up with this program. And my wife looks at me, and she says, you know, I don't really want to have children right now because I feel like I would be raising a child by myself. Ooh, that was a moment for me. And I remember thinking like, you know, I'm doing all these things. I'm building this 
business and I'm busy all the time and I know she knows that, but it really hit home that I have have not figured out how to be 100% at work and 100% at home and 100% in the areas that I care about. Entrepreneurs make this mistake all the time where they just think that they can work harder and harder and harder and they can make more money, but it doesn't work that way. And I had to take a long time to really figure this out that Taylor, you're doing the wrong things and it doesn't matter how many more hours you work. If you're working on the wrong things, it's not going to fix the problem. So I began to scour the complete internet, all of the productivity experts and gurus that are probably familiar with today. I read all their books, I bought all their programs, and I started for the first time figuring out not how to do more, but how to actually get more done with less. There's a crazy idea. And I can honestly say in the last three years, our businesses have, I don't know if I could say numbers on this ad, but our businesses have probably grown by six to 700%, three of them. And I'm working less than I've ever worked before, not because I'm not a hard worker, but because I have learned that probably 90% of the things that is in a typical entrepreneur's day shouldn't even be there. You shouldn't even be doing it. So I created a methodology, not only to be more productive, but to be more effective. And when you marry these two ideas together, you become a powerhouse. You're able to do more, but you're able to not have to work as hard because you're actually doing the things that matter most. Forget who said it, but the things that matter most should never be at the mercy of things that matter least. That is the methodology and the philosophy behind this system. It will change your life. We have thousands and thousands of entrepreneurs who are using it. My whole staff uses it, and it's crazy. You got to check it out. I think it's really cheap as well. And hopefully my story is moving to you. If you want to accomplish more things in your life without having to sacrifice the areas that matter most, pick up this system and go through it. Trafficandfunnels.com slash productivity masterclass. That's trafficandfunnels.com slash productivity masterclass. Uh, here's another thing that I talked to Anthony about this morning is just having your, having your life rigged so that it's pulling you forward. Uh, what trips do we have scheduled in 2021? Oh, yeah. Individually. Yep, individually. Zero. Zero. How many houses are we going to buy in 2021 individually? Four. Four? Four? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. So, so. you don't know either? Yeah. You don't know, Joey? Nope. I'm glad you said something. I couldn't tell by the deer in the headlight. Yeah. <laughs> how, many know, how many people know how much money they want to make in 2021? Pay, you know where this is going? So you guys, you guys are succeeding in your financial targets, but you're not succeeding in anything else. Yeah. You don't have any experience targets. You don't care. You don't have any, any trips planned. You don't have any, any set experiences that you're excited about. But you know how many houses you're going to buy. And you know how much money you want to make. <laughs> so so there's, like, there's an issue here because your income is not tied to anything else that matters in your life. So where's that at? Is it just to make a bunch of money? How boring. This ain't Grant Cardone. If you work at Grant Cardone, the only thing that matters is the money. Go work for him. But if, if you're here, like, I expect you to be taking breaks. Like, book a house somewhere and, like, have fun. You know? Take your family somewhere. Have some of these things that pull you forward. Who's excited about, you know, dinner plans next week? So we're doing this a little bit, like we're kind of pulling ourselves a little bit, but we don't have any, we don't have the big rocks put into the jar. That's like, man, this is really what I'm working towards. Make sense? That makes yeah, perfect sense for you when it comes to like planning experiences and trips. Like, like I, I have a trip planned next week, 
yeah. take a five days, go to Maine, meet my family, then go to Boston, my uncles get married. Would you like have something planned even beyond that too? Like how, how like what's your depth of planning those types of trips? It just depends on what you need. Okay. I think you're I think we are as a team, we're still relatively short sighted in that we know what we're doing next week. But the only thing that we know what we're doing next year is like money. Yeah. And sometimes it doesn't even have to be true. Just the the idea of a lag day is like sometimes I will sit and I will um I'll look at houses in Paris that maybe one day I'll buy. Or I'll look at exotics. Or I'll look at watches. Or I'll look at the best places to travel during COVID-19, which is literally what I did Wednesday, which is basically nowhere. (laughs) But you can feel the energy shift in you when you begin to get excited about things in your future. And sometimes we can get into this rut where... We're so short-sighted that the main thing we have to do this week is hit our numbers. But why? Like, for what? You don't have to keep growing. There's nothing wrong. How much did you make last month, Joey? Uh, 26K. There's nothing wrong with you making 26K the rest of your life. That's pretty good. Most people say that's pretty good. You're okay if you just chill. Did you know that? Yeah. All right. So you're healthier than Anthony is in that regard. Because I think Anthony's felt in the past that he has to keep going. When you acknowledge that it's okay, you don't have to grow, then you can grow because of need or because of desire? Desire. 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 When you feel like it's not okay, your only energy, energy source is just like need, I have to. It's like I'm in a rock and a hard place. It's like me in 2015. It's not going to work long term. So you want to grow from a place of vision, not from a place of just destitute need. You know what I mean? Dude, yeah, I feel like I've definitely had that lately. It's something I've been trying to journal about. It's like a question I'll ask is like, what do I need to let go to like sleep well? And it's usually like being attached to the fucking projections this week. Yeah. Missing my numbers this week. Well, I have to let go. Why are you allowing yourself to do that? To miss your numbers in the first place? Dude, I, I don't know. Well, have you thought about it? Oh, to miss my numbers? Yeah, why are you allowing yourself to do that? Dude, I think that just comes back to lowering standards and not doing the, the right things consistently. Okay. Make sure that I do hit those numbers. So. You think you can fix it? Yeah, 100%. Cool. So, Taylor, with what you were referring to before with the finances, like, hey, if you hit 26K, that's okay. Are you saying that sometimes there might be times to find, like, hey, Let's say I'm hitting eventually maybe six down six months down the road, I'm hitting twenty thousand a month. You think that it's a good thing for me mentally to be like, hey, I'm okay to hit twenty K for the next couple of months if I can focus on some things personally. Is that yes. what you're talking about? Just a thousand percent. A thousand percent. And and okay. and sometimes as as in our companies, we'll do let me give you a, a real example. Last month we did ninety. Yep. Right? Yep. So Peyton might very well say, this month we're going to do 90 again. Well, what's, why? We're not growing. But instead, we're going to build the depth of the team. We're going to add more players. Not all growth is above the grounds. A lot of growth is below the grounds. A lot of growth is where people don't see it. A lot of growth, Jake, is going to be in your personal relationships that I don't see on your metrics. Oh, I'm going to see it in December because you're going to get healthy. You know. So don't mistake growth for... I did 19 this month, I did 20 next month, and 25 this month, and 28 the next month. It's not going to be right. linear like that. 
Sometimes it's going to be like, I did 19, I did 19, I did 19, I did 19, then I, then I did 30. Right. Because something got locked in. So you don't want to feel this constant crushing pressure of the producer of like, man, I just, I have to. I have to. Okay. That's a dangerous thing for you to get to because that means ultimately there's something internally that is like fear motivated or lack motivated. And by the way, proving yourself to Peyton is lack motivation. That's lack. That's not a healthy level of motivation. Peyton proving himself to me is not a healthy level of motivation. This is for everyone. Like if you, if you require an, an overlord to come in and whip your, there's something wrong with you. You know, you, there's, there's actually something wrong with you, and you need to look at it, and you get it fixed. Peyton doesn't require any oversight from me anymore, because he's healthy. Make sense? Yeah. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yes, sir. This is what you were talking about, I believe, last week when you said sometimes the best thing you can do for yourself is push out your goal so it's not cannibalizing other areas of your life. Yep. Yep. This frees you up a lot. Because if Anthony wants to do 19, that's totally fine. Just find another Anthony. Yep. And then let them both play in the same pot. Other person's still going to lose. But you see how I got that out of him? Yep. There was no whip. Yep. Anthony whipped himself. <laughs> Questions? I would say real quick, can I add something? Yeah. I think, one... You guys are getting by far the best version of Taylor in his entire life. I can guarantee it. So, first of all. Dude, I feel, like, I feel like, dude, if I would have had this, in our meeting yesterday, what did I say my number one regret has been? Sacrificing what? Spirituality, was it? Yeah, just health in general. Health. And spirituality is like a tier of that. Dude, I feel like in 2018, 2019, I sacrificed so much just to be a growth whore. And it's like, man, I probably would have been way further along if I would have just been okay every now and then and allowed myself to, like, let that muscle recover. So, yeah, dude, I would budget some time later for you guys to review these notes. Yeah, for sure. To add on to what Peyton just said, if you're going to compromise something, always put a timeline on it. Because there's going to be compromises. Yeah, that was a writer-downer. That was a one-liner. That'll show up somewhere some, somehow. You're going to have to compromise some things sometimes. Like, I've had, to, I've had to sacrifice things before, but if you're going to compromise something, always put a timeline on it so that it doesn't become a default part of your life. So if you're married, may, there's going to be times when you're going to sacrifice a little bit of time. You're going to compromise a little bit of time with, with your wife or your husband or whatever, and they need to be on the same page of that. We talked street, street matter uh, Moving here August 15th, and I've coached him a lot on how to communicate with his wife because that dude has had to put in 70, 80 hours a week to get everything up to speed. But he has a timeline on it, and that timeline expires once he gets into December. So he's not going to become a workaholic that sacrifices his family, but he might compromise a little bit of time for three months so that she can get them to the next level. You know what I mean? How do you decide those timelines? I think it depends on what it is. You can get counsel. You can get counsel. Like, that's probably one of the easiest ways is to get outside eyes on it. Hey, Peyton, what do you think about this? Thinking, like, I need to go all in for, like, 60 days. And Peyton might be like, I'm going to raise you to 90. Or he may be like, dude, you don't need it. Just put in two solid weeks and stop being a lazy shit. 
you know, that, and then it, he'll bump you around a little bit. But what I've seen is a lot of people, they'll sacrifice things for 30 days, but then they go into 90 days, 365 days, they get divorced because they let a good thing get out of boundaries and last for too long. So I don't think, I think every, every single advisor on the team should be able to eclipse $30,000 per month in income on 40 to 50 hours per week at an average aggregate. I don't think you need to do 70 hours a week to do that. I don't think you need to work on Saturdays and Sundays every week, but you might need to pull two Saturdays a week to hit your pipeline. And if you take two Saturdays a week, you might need to take the last week and not work Friday, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. You take it, you know, you have autonomy inside of your, your business unit to do what you need to do. But most of life is a puzzle. I think an issue that I have is the, the most time I spend with goals is going to be finance because I look at my financial goals are going to lead to experiences and other things like that. So is it like, do you spend the most time when you think of your goals? Are they usually on finances or do you look at it the other way of like what experiences do I have? It's about 50, 50. Yeah. About 50, 50, because I can tell you right now, like I've, I've surpassed every financial goal in the entire internet marketing industry. There's no one for me to compare myself to anymore. And if I was still relying on financial motivations, then I'd be screwed. I'd be screwed because I, I, I could not work for 30 years and I would just get rich. Like there's nothing for me to do. So it's not going to be, it's not going to all be financial. They've got to be attached to something. So probably 50, 50. If you do, if you do 250 next year, um, what, what, what are you going to put that into? You know, you're going to buy a house, you're going to go on vacation, a little two day vacation on your honeymoon, two days, get back, get back to work. It's <laughs> plenty of time, right? Yeah. We good. Yeah. What else we got? Joey, I know you got something. Come on. <laughs> um, when you hit a peak, like last month, like I did the best that I ever had. Yeah. What, what would you do to like normalize and try to do it again? Money-wise? Units, revenue, income, yeah. Probably not going to normalize in one month. I would say that first of all. Um, I know Peyton probably has some good insight into this. It's been so long since I've had to normalize something that my training is probably outdated. But one of the things Peyton did when he came in and he would he would peak is I remember getting him to do stuff like getting a new car or getting new clothes. Sometimes it's just a new hat or some some representation of a new version of yourself. It doesn't have to be a hundred thousand dollars. It can be, it can be the, sh- like, I don't know where Gray found that shirt, but it's probably some, something there. <laughs> something that you can carry with you or that you can be exposed to that is a representation of a new version of yourself. Todd Herman calls them trinkets, I think. Um, so you can do something like that. But mo- more than anything else, like, I think, if I were to do normalization 2.0, like if I were to go back and do it again, like normalization really like I, TF kind of pioneered that in the marketing world. Like we talked about it first. But if I could go back and redo the training, normalization 2.0, I would say if you fix the identity, there's no need to normalize. It goes away. 
And I did not know that then. That said, I would still use it because it makes life easier. I was telling Anthony this morning, last month I had like 12 grand in my bank account because it's easier for me to be motivated if I don't have it in my bank account. So I still use the tricks, but the tricks are no longer necessities. I don't have to use them, you know? So if you have to, look at some identity stuff. Super good. I feel like you're spot on too with like pulling energy from past sources. Yeah. So that's exactly where I'm at right now. Yeah. So. Well, what will happen is, is the problem with that is it's not sustainable because as soon as you beat something in the past, then you just cap out. You know, even using the word peaked, it's like, you know, dude, uh, having a record month doesn't mean you peaked. That's just like, uh, it's a record, not a peak. Yeah. I guess, I guess it was like a peak from since I, since I began. Uh, words don't matter. You're right. <laughs> how often do you spend thinking about these bigger goals? Like, how often are you going in and thinking, okay, I want to do this next year? An hour a week. Yeah. Not a ton of time, but 30 minutes on a lag morning, and then, yeah, 30 minutes over the weekend. You'll, you'll, get, you'll get lit up, dude. Like, it'll be a high. Anybody done this? Like, you've, you've looked at exotics before, and you're just, like, ramped up, ready to go. I was sending Anthony. So, I mean, the looking at exotics is not necessarily a monetary thing. It's more, it's an experience. It's a growth thing. You know, looking at places to travel as a family or that's a that's called an addiction. But yeah, you don't pendulum swing and only think about like long term because I feel like you always have things within the next seven days or so that you're looking yeah. forward to, right? Diversified. Yep. Went to Cork and Cow Wednesday night. Do all day Wednesday. I was just like, man, I'm gonna pound this steak, dude. <laughs> like all day. Sometimes it's really little things that make you excited, but you gotta have them. And if you're at a loss for something that will make you excited, this will be the last thing before we roll. Uh, just remember, there are people somewhere in the world that are doing something that they don't like to do, and you got lucky. Somehow, some way, so you made it into this place. Some of you by the skin of your teeth, and some of you earned it, but at the end of the day, there's somebody somewhere stocking shelves at a grocery store, and you, by the grace of God, don't have to do that. You're in a place where you can make whatever you want to make, you'll never cap, you'll never peak, Joey, and you have the leadership that is building a system for you to become rich. So if you're in, at a loss for something to be grateful for, just go to a Starbucks or of Publix and notice that there are people doing things that they don't like and you're not one of those people. And that should fix your perspective. And it should fix you from taking this for granted because it's an easy thing to do to be like, Peyton's amazing. This is just what I do. It's just, no, it's not. It's not normal. At any point, you could be ejected from this. Something could change and you could miss out. So never take it for granted. Don't let it become normal for you. You don't want to normalize levels but do not normalize the blessings and the benefits and the enjoyment factor of being in a place that cares about you you know what i mean and if and if i asked peyton today how many people have have shown gratitude for you and he says nothing i will flip and i'll start the team over sometimes i do crazy things for the fun of it i don't have any challenges anymore so it's fun to rebuild the whole team you danger zone. Good? Yeah. Super good. Sir. All right. 
Thanks for listening. For more from Chris and Taylor, visit trafficandfunnels.com and get a free gift just for being a subscriber. That's trafficandfunnels.com.